This Westwards mini masterclass is a production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on Westwards and what we do, please go to westwards.com.au. Hello and welcome to today's mini masterclass with me, James Roy. I'm your host today. I'm the producer at Westwards, but I'm also a writer in my own right. I've written a number of books over the last two and a half decades or so. And today I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about some of the products that are out there on the market for those of us who write. And of course, today we're talking about creative writing. We're not talking about uh, technical writing or, uh, or business writing. We're talking about creative writing, making stories up, if you, if you want to put it in a more simple kind of way. And I want to talk about some of the platforms that are out there uh, that now, I've used some of these myself, I've experimented with some, others I have talked to other people about, but I'd like to share with you a couple of my views on the best platform or the best app or the best program that we can be using as writers. So I just want to say from the get-go that none of these are supportive, are supporters of Westwards. I'm not endorsing these as a product that... Uh, is supporting us in any way. This is just my own observation. I'd be really interested to hear if anybody wanted to get in touch and what your views might be on some of the uh, platforms and programs, the apps that we're going to be talking about. Now, as writers, we really only need a couple of things to write. We need something to write on and something to write with. As oral storytellers, we just need a good memory and the ability to entertain with our voices. But of course, we're talking about writing and Yes, we do just really need a pen and a, and some paper. I have actually finished the last chapter of a book on a sick bag on an aeroplane. The sick bag was unused, I, I hasten to add. And it was, uh, I, I wasn't allowed to use my computer because we were on final approach into Avalon Airport. But an idea came to me in a moment and so I uh, flattened out an, an unused sick bag and used the paper of that to complete my novel. Now that's a fairly extreme example, I suppose, of, of making do with what you've got in front of you. Most of the time we're able to use a product that we have especially chosen uh, for, for the job at hand. So I'm going to talk about a couple of those and uh, I'm going to break, I've broken them down into a couple of broad categories. I've broken them down into notepads, what I would like to call linear word processes. Then you've got your immersive word processes. Then you've got hybrid and design-based process, uh, word processes or apps. Then you've got what I like to call organizational word processes. And then a very carefully chosen term to sum up with the rest, specialized and fancy-pantsy. And we'll get into those a little bit more. Now, in the past, before computers came along, I remember my father doing his, his, his first doctoral thesis back in, uh, when was it? It was... Uh, the 80s, late 80s, and he was using WordPerfect and WordStar and some of these uh, programs on, on a PC, where a very early PC, where you had to, everything was in on a black screen with green writing or sometimes amber if you had a fancy one, and then it went to a, a, a daisy wheel printer and so forth. And back in those days, that was a bit of a step up because you could keep a, a copy of what you were writing and go back and work on it later. Prior to that, of course, we'd had to use uh, typewriters or, or handwritten. And the process, I think it screwed a little bit with the, the way we write when, when the word processor came in because we were then in a position to go through 
with something that we'd written prior and, and edit it uh, rather than write it back in. Well, well, I'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later on. But let's, for now, just start working through some of these categories. So, and the other thing I, I, I want to say very quickly before we go any further is that some of the, the apps that we talk about are for Apple, others are for PC, others are for Android and so forth. Some are on iPad, some are on, on computer. And I'll try and make the distinction as we go if I can. Let's start with the notepads. So literally your notepads are a, is a place to make notes. Now they're called different things on different platforms, but really they're just a very simple line text editor that is useful for getting some ideas down quickly if you need to. I suppose you probably could write a novel on one of these. I'm sure it's been done. But it doesn't really have a lot of the features that we require in, in a word processor. Uh, oftentimes you can't even do things like italics or bold and, and those sorts of uh, features that you need to highlight the work f for your own benefit later when you're editing or whatever. But just as a place to make notes, uh, there are so many of these out there, they're very simple, they're, they don't take a lot of space on your, your device. Um, I've, I recently, or for Christmas, I was, I was given an Apple Pencil, which is a fantastic um, thing that works with your iPad. And you can actually, they've actually gone a long way towards being able to convert your handwriting, even mine, which is famously uh, chaotic, uh, into text, which is really useful. I mean, it, it has its limitations, but uh, you can handwrite and have those, those uh, words pop up in normal text. So that's good. So your notepad is, is a really useful device uh, or a real, really useful program, but I doubt you're going to write a novel on it. Then you have what I've called the linear word processes. Now linear for me in this context doesn't mean the way that the words come out in a line. What I mean is that they're really only useful if you want to be working in a, a linear way, if you want that story, if you like, to come out in the order that it's in. I'll, I'll expand a little bit on, on further on this. We've always used, or at least in, the, in more recent times, we've all used Microsoft Word. It's the standard, I suppose. Uh, it does it all. It's got incredibly deep functionality. In fact, for mo I would say that for most creative writers, it, its functionality is just too deep. I remember when I started doing this job as, as producer at Westwards, I had not used Word for many years, and that's the one we use in the office. And I've got to say, a lot of time I get kind of lost because it, it does so much more than I require it to do. The way it integrates with, with your spreadsheets and those sorts of things, it can be useful. But I just find it too much. And I think, personally, I think it really clashes with the way that we want to tell our stories because it takes you through that story in a long stream of, of story. So what I mean, I suppose, is that if, you, if you're trying to play around with structure, it can get kind of confusing and a bit overwhelming when you have a very long piece of writing and then you go, no, I need to chop this up and change it around. And... and Really, Microsoft Word and, and its equivalents aren't designed to work in that way. They're really designed to be a, a much... They, they approach creative writing like it's a task to be completed, not a creative project that is organic and, and needs to be able to uh, shift and bend. So there's some other ones like this, Microsoft Word. There's also a, a Open Office, which is basically a, an open source version of the Office Suite, which is very good as well. And then you've got Google Docs. Now the great thing about Google Docs, it works in a similar kind of way to this, but the great thing about Google Docs is that it, it is online, 
which means that because it's all cloud-based, you can basically go and get on a library computer and pull up the document you were working on earlier that day, and it's all just there, and you can go straight back in and work on it in that way. So that's useful, but it's still one of, the, one of these linear word processes. And I, I think if I've got an idea or I'm working on a scene, that's fine, but if I'm working on a much bigger project like a novel or a screenplay, for me, it doesn't quite fit the bill. But there is a solution, which we'll come to shortly. The next one uh, that I want to talk about is what I've classified as the immersive word processor. Now, there's a few of these around. A lot of them are, are on mobile devices like tablets and iPads. And they tend to be a little bit gimmicky. Not always in a bad way, but sometimes you've got things like Zen Writer and IA Writer, and they might feature nice music that you can change and, and lines that fade away in, in the middle to sort of leave you with an isolated line with a little bit of blurring to the edges so you feel like you're focusing very much on that, that one line, that one idea. It, they give you trippy little keystroke tones like little uh, xylophone dings and clicks and pops, which kind of infuriate me because I, I like to just... I don't like to be distracted while I'm writing, but some people like that. There's elegant backgrounds, you know, your, your snow, snowy background or your ocean beach or, or, or whatever it might be. Now, these do have um, some pros. They do tend to remove distraction, apart from the keystroke tones that I talked about, but they oftentimes place the interface above the craft. For me, it's, it's kind of the digital equivalent of and, and I'm, I'm, I'm owning up to this, the digital equivalent of going to markets and seeing those beautiful leather-bound notebooks that somebody's made, um, you know, with a leather strap around them and their recycled paper, and you think, oh, or even those ones those that you can buy a newsagent with the, the black cover with the, the red corners on them or the, or the moleskins with the little elastic strap around them. All of these, I feel like going, oh, I think I need to buy a fountain pen and one of these and just sit and write. But that's really putting the interface above the craft. At the end of the day, it's, it's not really about the quality of the paper on which it is written. It's really, is, uh, it's really all about um, the craft that we're working on. So these immersive word processes, you can often go and try them very cheaply or even for free and give them a crack. And maybe if you just need to sit somewhere and feel like you're really focusing, that might be useful. But I do feel like for a serious writer, the cons are a little bit uh, outweigh the pros on, on that. The fortunate thing, of course, is that if you've got one of these on your iPad, it's not taking up much, much space in your memory. So you can, you can have it and try it and play with it. I've got a couple on my iPad still that I occasionally go back to, but really none of them hold me long term if I'm being serious about writing a bigger project. And of course... Uh, Perhaps there's a study to be done in this, but certainly a lot of poets talk about the fact that they can't write poetry on a uh, on a device. They can only do it on pen to paper. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not really a poet, so I'm not going to argue with that. I that. That is probably true. And perhaps these immersive kind of word processes are more useful for something like that. Now we come to what I've called, uh, in, the, in the context of this podcast, hybrid or design-based word processes. Now, the best example of this that I can think of is, is one that comes for free on your Apple uh, MacBook or your, or your iMac or whatever, and it's called Pages. Now, I have really liked Pages for a long time. For me, it's it, out of all these word processes that approach things in this linear kind of way, 
I kind of feel like it's it's a really it's it's hit a pretty sweet spot. It's pretty hard to fold. It's it's comes for free, which is one of the clever things that Apple has done is give you a pretty good word processor for free. It certainly doesn't feel like it's over uh, featured, and um, it it works well with dictation. Uh, in fact, I've got to say the the app I haven't done a lot of dictation work on PCs. But certainly the uh, Apple model for dictation seems to be very good now. It's very accurate without a lot of learning required. So, and the other great thing about Pages, I think, is that it, it, it does a really good job of putting together documents that, uh, that require some design, some photos and that sort of thing. It looks good. It's got some good templates built in. It exports to doc, PDF and all the rest. It's got a really... It's just got a really good blend of function and form. It integrates things like tables and all that sort of thing very well. It, it looks pretty good. It's, I've written books on pages several times and I find it uh, a, a really good uh, combination, as I say. Now, I use this a lot for design before Canva came along. Now that I use Canva, there's, there's, I don't do my design on anything except Canva. Uh, but Pages was really my go-to for that for a long time because I knew I could make it look fairly, uh, I could do a brochure or whatever and make it look pretty good. But for the actual, the writing that we're talking about, this sitting down and writing a novel kind of thing, it, it also held up very well there. But then we come to organisational. By that I mean something that keeps all the stuff you need in one place for writing a, a, a major project. Now, there's a couple of smaller ones that I'll come to first. There's Wordsmith, which is W-E-R-D Smith. That's got some good templates on there for helping you get your head around how various different kinds of uh, uh, forms of, of, of novel, if you like, go, uh, like different, different, the hero's journey and that kind of thing. Then you've got Bear, which is a great notes-based platform for iPad, and that that once again allows you to keep uh, keep things organised in such a way that you don't lose track of the structure of your story and, and how that's working. But for me, the best one is and has been for a long time is Scrivener. Now, initially Scrivener was only on, on Mac and then it was re released on PC and now it's also available on, on tablet and, and iPad, which is great because it, it's a really terrific word processor and it's the way they talked about it when it first came out is they said that it was a it was created by writers for writers, and it certainly feels that way. Now, here's how I think Scrivener works best for me. This is why I think it works best for me over your other word processors. Because rather being, than being linear, it allows you to organise by scene. Now, I think we've probably all had that moment where we go, "Oh, I need to fix that bit in my in my." Uh, in my document where, you know, the scene where they get the flat tire and I need to go back and, and sort something out there. And then you're going through, I think, the, that scene somewhere around about this page here and you're looking for it and you find it and maybe you use a, a keyword to find it or you might just know. Whereas the way Scrivener approaches this is it has a, um, a file up, a uh, column up the side and you name each scene. Then you just write the scene. And then you can drag and drop those into the order you want. Now you can also colour code them so that you've got different, if you've got an A story, a B story, and a C story, or different character perspectives or whatever. But the other thing it does when it's organising them in scene is it also turns each scene into a, a corkboard card, which means that you can actually drag and drop them around and around on the corkboard so that you get the order that you want. And it re 
completely reorganizes uh, the whole document based on the way you organize those scenes. Now, of course, you can do this in other word processes, but for me, it's always been a little bit clunkier than this. And that's a big feature for me that you can go between either the column with the scenes all, all lined up, or you can go to the corkboard. And on each of those cards, you can put a, a little summary of what that scene is, anything you need to remember. You can color code them, as I said earlier. You give them titles. And then that becomes a really simple way to, to restructure your story. Now, you can pull up, do a snapshot at any time. It's a bit like a fancy save function, but it's a little bit more advanced than just save because you can revert at any point. But it's just a, it's a far more intuitive way of writing, I find. The other great thing about it is that it has folders of, you can keep folders of research with photos and, and whatever in there, and they all link through really nicely. And it's also got some of the templates with the different kinds of story structure. It exports to all other formats, including Final Draft, which is uh, the, basically the industry standard for screenwriting. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's got different templates, in fact, for all the different kinds of screenplays even. It's got the te television screenplay, the movie screenplay, it's got uh, uh, stage, stage formatting and so forth. The other thing I really like about Scrivener is that it's a full download. So you go to their website, which is literatureandlatte.com, and you, you do a full download and you get use of that for 30 actual days of use. So if it takes you six months to use those 30 days, because you're only going on occasionally, that's what you'll get. But it's a full download, so you don't have to worry about it being, um, being throttled in any way. You can try all the features. It's got all the features that you'd expect in a WordPress, so like find, replace, and, and footnotes, and, all, and different uh, referencing models, and, and templates, and so forth. But for me, the big feature, as I said, is the way that lines up your your scenes and then you can go through and and approach it like a writer does which is i will i mean sorry to distract myself here but the other the other really good feature i find with that scene based thing is that if you're struggling with writer's block and you're going i i, I have this i don't know what happens yet but i know that i have a place i'm trying to get to and there is a scene in my mind that i really want to work on and that's an appealing scene but i'm not quite sure how any of this leads to that but i really feel i need to write that just go and write that scene and you leave it leave it parked in the column there and then you either use it later or you just use that as some sort of way of inspiring uh, yourself to, to keep working in it. And our brains as writers have a funny way of taking unconnected events and finding a bridge between them. And Scrivener I have found is, is really, really terrific for this. So I would, this that's the one that I recommend for creative creative writers um, it's not cheap I think it's about I think it's about $70 or something which isn't the cheapest app you'll find but it really is a really exceptional piece of uh, software for writers now I know it's <laughs> as I said at the beginning I know it sounds like I'm an I I'm endorsing them and I'm being paid to endorse them I'm really really not I just like the program I think it works for me and then finally we get to this last category here, which is specialised and fancy-pantsy, as I called it. I've mentioned Final Draft a couple of times. If, if you are going to be writing screenplays, uh, if you're doing a one-off screenplay or something like that, maybe you're okay with Scrivener. But if you're going to be seriously writing screenplays for television or film and you want people to take your screenplay seriously, it's got to be in the right format. And the standard 
is final draft. So there's really, it's not cheap, but I really think that if you're serious about screenwriting, you kind of need to invest in that because I hear tell from people in the industry that if you, it turns up in the wrong format, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you're going to struggle to get it looked at by a producer. And then I'd like to just very quickly talk about something else that I, it's been, this has been a bit of a pet project for me over the years. And it's the idea of the typewriter and how the typewriter maybe hasn't actually gone extinct yet. Now, I remember that, uh, as I said, back in the day when my father was doing his first PhD, there were typewriters and then there there were the early word processors. The thing about the typewriter, of course, is that once you type that, that document, if it's not perfect, then it needs to be retyped. I mean, you can go back with, with Typex, I guess that's why liquid paper was invented. But really, the the footage you see of the writers back in the day working away at their typewriters, they knew that they were going to have to come back and redraft that. Now, in this current generation, either the generation of people like myself, but more, more so the younger generations, the millennials and younger, the idea that you might have to go back and redraft feels like a, a bit of a slap in the face because you've done it once, why would you want to do it again? When I got my first iPad, I'm a bit of an early adopter, when I got my first iPad there was a, an app on there called My Typewriter and I kind of really dug that because it was, it went clack, clack, clack like a typewriter, the words would appear on the on the page at the top of the roll and when you got to the end it would go ding and you have to return. And I. Look, it was, yes, it was a bit of a gimmick, but I, I, I then found that you couldn't go back and just, you could back tr- backspace, you could go back and delete and then write. But if you'd realised that you'd made a mistake way up in the b- middle of the document, that was kind of it. You were, you were stuck with that. And then, of course, they brought out the next generation and obviously someone had complained because then you could go back and, and change things in the middle of the, of the file. But I always really liked the first version where once you'd made that, uh, mistake it was kind of there because it really forced me to go back and 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 redraft and rewrite and I think that's a really important part of of writing is the rewriting and things like foreshadowing which I talk about a lot with with the younger students when I'm talking about writing the idea of foreshadowing that only really works if you have the opportunity to go back and add it later unless you're an, an exceptional planner it's very hard to make that that work just uh the first time around you really do need that redrafting so in the spirit of that there's a couple of typewriter apps out there on on ipad in particular one of them called hanks writer it's endorsed by tom hanks but it's spelled h-a-n-x writer and the free one is a typewriter that has a couple of different typefaces and it goes red and black and it's got like american typewriter typeface and then you pay a little bit more for the different ones and they have different features like um you know, more your word processory type features. But it can be a really interesting thing to, to try this, this idea of just writing without thinking too much about getting it perfect the first time because you're now going to have to go back again anyway. And, you know, that old saying, dance like no one's watching, well, maybe type like no one's reading it yet. And allow yourself the opportunity to just get it, get it down and then go back later and, and play with those little errors and those accidental uh, moments of brilliance that you might have stumbled across and so forth. So Hank's Writer is one of those. That's why I call it Specialised and Fancy Pantsy because it's just one of those extra kind of word processes has got some of those things. You've also got things like Evernote and all these programs that help you 
organise. But in terms of word processors specifically, I think you can obviously do a lot worse than uh, Microsoft Word and Pages because they are really the word in particular is the the go-to uh, standard. But I think as writers, as creative writers, we need to remain clear in our own minds that we're not the same as technical writers. We are writing a different kind of thing and we're writing in a different kind of way. And maybe that linear way of writing where it squeezes you into putting one word before one word after the next in a really kind of considered and structured way, maybe it's actually hampering our creativity a little bit. So I would recommend, uh, obviously, if you've listened to this, you'll know that I I'm going to recommend it. Go and download Scrivener. Give it a try. Uh, see how you go with that. It may not work for you. I've had a, a few people have said to me, oh, no, it didn't work. I don't like it. And that's, that's of course, fine. But a lot of people don't try it because they're, they're fearful that it's going to really screw with their method. But I find that it really helps mine. So that's my take on word processes. Of course, if you would like to, if I were to get a flurry of emails from people saying, no, 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 you've got it wrong. This is how you should be looking at this topic. Then I will happily go back and, and do a second version of this podcast and, and we'll, we'll sort of play with that idea. In the meantime... Uh, all the best with your writing, whichever method you're using to write. Uh, I hope it produces many, many fine words written in ways that are meaningful and interesting and rewarding to you as a writer, because that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy creating.